Wow, that was awesome. And, uh, you know, it's fun to see our kids involved. Um, for those that are visiting, that's only half. We do another service at 11, and we have about 80 kids involved in our, in our program. And so super excited. And I just do want to let you know right up front um, that the church has downstairs provided trauma counselors for some of those kids, uh, especially that first group that are going to be there right when they hit the ground just to kind of process them through this so that this isn't like a life-imprinted experience for them that they'll never forget. Um, I want to take just a couple minutes with you this morning and uh, tell a few stories uh, and share some scripture around this idea of hope that is the first uh, one of Advent. Um, And I want to share it around this idea. We all know the hope, but there's a lot of people that don't know the hope. Uh, When I was in high school, uh, in I believe it was grade 12, and I do apologize to my wife, it was the um, first kind of meaningful relationship that I had. You know, not just the we dated for a month and then that was it. The first kind of serious long-term girlfriend that I had, her name was Andrea Medore, and we met in a crossover uh, gym class. I don't know what, I should ask Steve nowadays because he's the head of a phys ed department at high school. It used to be you'd have guys gym class, girls gym class, and then the odd time there would be a crossover unit where they would mix you. And um, she got my number from one of my friends and actually called me uh, after we had done a crossover unit together. I went to a high school uh, that was about 2,700 students at the high school, so it was pretty large. So there was lots of people you didn't know. And we had this crossover gym class. And I want to tell you that it was like a powerlifting class. And she saw me. was like, wow, that guy can push a lot of weight. Uh, wait for it. Uh, the crossover unit was called mini golf. <laughs> yes, you heard me correctly. We would go and play mini golf uh, as a unit of gym. I don't know if they still offer that. It was a pretty intense course, Steve. And so maybe that's something they've removed from the curriculum because too many kids failed it. Um, but we met in gym class at mini golf and she called me up and we spent the next week, uh, long before there was texting and FaceTime, you actually had to put a little work in. Um, we spent the next week on the phone with each other, just talking for hours and hours and we started dating. And I remember, uh, after dating for quite some time, uh, I was, I went on a, a two day canoe trip with my dad. Uh, my dad and I were very close. Um, fortunate that way. And we went on a canoe trip up in the Kawarthas. And we're doing this portage trip. And on one of our portages where the, 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 the canoe is over top of our heads and we're just looking straight down and walking this path, he decides to enter. This is a good time to enter into a deep, meaningful conversation. <laughs> and he asked me this. He says, hey, Matt, you know, do you love Andrea? I said, what are you talking about? He said, do you love her? And I said, and again, I apologize, hon. Yes. Yes, I, I love her. I don't anymore. We may or may not be Facebook friends, but I don't love her. I said, yeah, I love her. And he says, well, do you worry then about where she might spend eternity? That's a heavy question from a dad. I pushed him down at that point. Um, there's a spot you can find him. He's still there. No, I never really answered the question to him. But I can tell you this. Andrew and I's relationship didn't last, obviously. I've since been married for 28 years. But I never invited her. 
I never shared with her, and I never invited her. Invited her to come to church. Invited her to come to a Sunday like today. Invited her to come to a Christmas Eve service. I never invited her. A recent poll in the U.S., and I know we roll our eyes sometimes. This is a U.S. poll. But I, I'm going to hedge a bet that it's pretty close to what we probably are like here in Canada. Recent poll in the U.S. showed this. 97% of adult Christians polled said that they had never shared their story or invited anyone to come to church. 97%. What do you think the number one reason for that is? And just shout it out. What do you think the number one reason? Somebody shout it out. Fear. Fear. Yeah. Fear of loss of relationship. Fear of being labeled the crazy Christian. Fear of being asked a question we might know, not know the answer to. And so fear drives us to this place where 97% of us, obviously me, I am part of that 97% because I never invited Andrea out of fear. I was afraid that I would lose the relationship with her if I invited her to church. I was afraid that she would think I'm some sort of crazy Christian if I invited her to church. And that leads us to today, to this morning, and seeing our kids I want to read this passage to you. It comes to us from Luke 18, verses 15 through 17. It says this. People are also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. And so basically, they pushed them to the sides. They said, hold on, hold on. Let's clear this out. This is space. This is adult time. We come into this space here expecting adult time. We don't expect there to be children running around as a distraction. We don't expect them to be sitting up here in the front. And so the disciples collected them, and, and, and basically this is probably where Sunday school got started. You know, they, they rebuked them, and they pushed them to the backside to say, hey, this is sacred space for the adults. But Jesus called the children to, to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So Jesus sees this and he says, hold on a second, guys. Stop what you're doing. Actually, I want the children forward. I want them front and center. I want them right up here. Because guess what? The kingdom also belongs to them as well. Not just you, but to them as well. And then he says, truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. What I love about this passage is, is basically telling us we're not going to get there unless we start looking at the kingdom, looking at Christ, looking at this faith and this relationship journey through that of the eyes of a child. See, somewhere along the way, as we got older and older and older, we complicated it. We made it about fear. We made it about uh, worrying about being labeled something. But kids, they don't see it that way. I don't know if you've ever spent time with a child. Ask them about Jesus. It is so simple. So simple. They just forgive. They just love. They just accept. They just invite. I have the, you know, the joy of, of experiencing this and hearing about it all the time because my wife's a teacher. Teaches great too. And everybody, you know, you, and if you've been a parent and you've run a, a birthday party for a uh, 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 someone turning eight or nine, your invitation list is what? The entire class. 
I've got to invite everybody, mom and dad. Everybody needs to be there because everybody is accepted. And Jesus is challenging us to begin to think about it and react and respond to it through this same lens. When my kids were young, um, they had this one. I think all three of them had the same teacher. Um, we knew her. I knew her husband. Her husband was a pastor. And I remember one time, it was either at a teacher interview or on the playground, she talked to my wife about it, and she said, I just love having your kids in my class. Now, just as a, you know, a statement ahead of time, anything my kids did well or did properly, that is on my wife. None of that is on me. So I'll say that right out front. I take credit for nothing. Um, but she said, I love having your kids because as a teacher, I can't share my faith. I'm not allowed to talk about my faith. But your kids, your kids talk about it all the time. They look at other kids and say things like, what do you mean you don't go to church? You should definitely come to church. You should come to church with me. And at the church that we attended at the time where I was pastoring, I'm sure it's very similar here. When you check your kids in, you have, they have a computer and a database system, and you check your kids in, and anybody you bring as a guest gets attached to your family name. And so when you would pull up Collins in the database, you would see Victoria, Zach, and Eli. Those are my kids. And then you'd also see Amber and Sadie and Jerry and Nicholas and Hunter and Nathan and the list would go on, and, and our family name attached to it had like 15 names. You would think, man, what is this guy doing? <laughs> we had this family. I drove two buses. <laughs> because my kids just invited. They thought nothing of it. It just makes sense. I go to church. I love Jesus. You should totally come to church because I want you to love Jesus too. And they just invite Another friend of mine, Dwayne, Dwayne Klein. I don't know if anyone knows Dwayne Klein. He used to pastor Houston Street Church. Uh, we used to drive to Bible college together every Monday morning, uh, and we would travel together. And I remember him sharing a story one time. He got called by the school. The school said, hey, we just, just want to talk to you. Um, your son, uh-oh, what did he do? Every day at lunch when the kids are about to eat, he stops them. <laughs> and he gathers them so that he can pray for the meal they're about to have because he prays at home with his meal and that just makes sense and so he wants to pray with all the kids and he doesn't think twice about it he doesn't worry about being labeled a crazy christian because he's like this is what we do we love jesus we want to thank him for what he's blessed us with and so we want to pause we want to stop and we want to pray and it's this childlike innocence and it's this childlike simplicity that captures who jesus is and it just makes sense to invite to invite someone to come in and find the hope that they have yet somehow as adults we get older and older and we become fearful we fear that if i do that i might lose the relationship that i have with that person if i do that they're going to label me the crazy christian and we begin to push the children like the disciples out to the sides and say, no, this is, this is space just for the, the people that already know hope. And let's just, let's just gather here. And we push the kids aside. Instead, we need to invite them up front and center because there is so much that they can teach us. 
so much that we can learn from them. I was sitting in the mall, Limeridge Mall, outside of a store maybe a month ago. My wife was in looking at something. I'm sitting on the bench waiting for her. This guy all of a sudden sits down next to me. He quietly leans over and he goes, hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Um, Do you know the person of Jesus? I said, excuse me? He says, do you know the person of Jesus? And I'm like, I do. Actually, I do. I do know the person of Jesus. And we had this little dialogue for maybe two or three minutes. And then he wished me well, gave me a blessing, wished me well, and he moved on. He went down to the next bench. You know what my first thought was? That guy's crazy. (laughs) That guy's crazy. What is he doing? Walking along. Like, this is Lime Ridge Mall. I'm getting eight soaps for $30 right now. I don't, I don't need this. And he's the crazy Christian. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. We have a guy that works for us. A company I work at with now. And um, he's, I work in a, a company that does landscaping. And uh, he's a hard worker. He's been with the company for a few years now. When they first hired him, battled addiction. Uh, made some very poor choices financially, other poor choices that dug him a hole very deep. Until one day he discovered God. And now he just, he's cleaned up his life, he's making good choices, he's trying to better himself and move forward. And every chance he gets, he wants to enter into a dialogue, sometimes a very heavy theological dialogue, but a dialogue about God. And he's the crazy Christian at work. He's that one that we think, oh my goodness. He's that one that, you know, everyone knows who the crazy Christian is. Maybe it's at your work, on your street. Uh, you know, it's the person that always has like the, 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 the Jesus type t-shirt on. You know, their office has like the poster that says, all dogs go to heaven, and maybe you. <laughs> you know, and they're that person, that crazy Christian. But guess what? We all need a crazy Christian. You know why? Because 97% of us will never do what they're doing. 97% of us will never speak up. 97% of us will never invite. 97% of us will never share. And it's that label crazy Christian that's out there doing the work. And that's what we need to do. We need to look at these kids that, that God calls to him and he says, you know, if you can't see me through the lens of, this, of a child, you're not going to get in. Because we've complicated it, and we've made it fearful, and we we've, we've worry about losing relationship. And instead, we just need to be that kid that gathers everybody up that says, hold on a second, we've got to pray before we eat. What do you mean you've never been to church? You've got to come with me and my family to church. I'll get you on our family list in the computer. And we begin, and we we see kids in the way they invite. And they're inviting others into this idea of hope. Because we, again, all know what the hope is. Because we're here every week, and we hear about it, and it's amazing. But our job is to invite others into that hope. And so we have that opportunity this season. Uh, When you came in on these seats, there's some invite cards. 
And I want to encourage you to consider this season, what does it look like to be the crazy Christian? Instead of worrying about this, well, Matt, if I do that, what if they say no? Ask yourself this, but what if they say yes? What if they say yes this year to coming to church? What might that experience be for them? And so I encourage you, we have a couple of really cool opportunities. Uh, we have a, uh, a movie time next week, Saturday. So easy, so simple, so entry level. It should remove all the fear. We're watching The Grinch. Everybody's seen it. Everybody knows that story. The other opportunity is Christmas Eve. We're running three different services. Invite them to come and just hang out with you. Here's the best part, too. It's on a Sunday this year, so you can do one, three, or five. You know, you don't, can't even have that excuse of, well, office is still open till five, so I'd never make it. It's a Sunday, you know? Come and be a part. And so I want to encourage you this morning to consider what does it feel like to be one of the children that's called to him? What does it look like to look at this Christmas season through the eyes of a child again? What does it look like to look at Jesus through the eyes of a child that's not complicated, that's not hard and nervous and fearful, but rather is simple? And to take that card with you and to invite somebody, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's somebody on your street, maybe it's somebody you work with, and just invite them to come and to be a part of this season with you. I want to pray for us, and then we're going to worship one more time. And then uh, a couple of quick things before you go. Uh, but take that card with you this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for children. God, I thank you that, that as they tried to bring them to you, and when the disciples pushed them to the back, you stopped everything. And you said, no. Actually, I want the kids front and center. I want them at my feet. I want them right here. And to the rest of you, you said to us, if you can't see the kingdom through the eyes of a child, oh, you're going to struggle. Because they get it. They get what love is. They get what forgiveness is. They get what acceptance is. And they get what invite is. And so, God, I pray this morning that, that I, that we, might look at you with fresh eyes this morning through the eyes of one of these children that was up front here today. And may we look to be the crazy Christian that just simply invites somebody. We don't have to do much talking and explaining. All we have to do is just invite them, whether it's to a movie and a family time, whether it's to a Christmas Eve service, but just simply to invite them and then see where the conversation goes. So that's our prayer, God, we ask in your name. Amen. Amen.